All right, guys, what is going on? Today we have our interview with Kelly Ryan. This is an in-person interview, so the audio sounds amazing. And I hope that you guys enjoy the uh, in-person, a little bit more bantery uh, and off the cuff because uh, we don't do quite as much editing where we're in person. We just try to sit down, have a fun, casual conversation. And I thought this was a really special episode and a cool episode because Kelly really came from a very challenging and dark moment in her life where she was really struggling and used the gym, the coaches, the people, the community to pull herself out of that position. And so if you guys remember, one of my uh, earlier episodes talks about how to get yourself out of a downward spiral. And this is something that we touch on a good amount and how Kelly did it. And I think having a blueprint and having a picture of what some of the people to the left and the right of you go through on a day-to-day basis or are going through or have gone through uh, on the other side of it, I think sometimes that can be very motivating. I think sometimes it gives you a little bit extra respect for the people that are to the left and right of you when you are at the gym, knowing that everybody's facing their own battles and everybody's gone through their own story before they come into the gym and who they are those days. You know, sometimes, and if you guys are newer to the gym, it can be intimidating when you walk into a group class and you see somebody like Kelly. And I think that that's cool for me to see. I also do struggle with it as an owner because I understand that Kelly, as she talks about, she had never touched a barbell. She had never done these workouts before. She had never done pull-ups or any of that kind of stuff before. This is all new to her. She was stuck in a deep depression and was working, looking for a way out of that depression. And her sister helped pull her out of that by recommending that she come in and join a gym and got her a gift card and was a catalyst of change for her in her life to make this decision and come in and start an upward spiral. And now you see her and she's you know a great athlete. She's somebody who has come so far, competed in the competitive division of the Masters Challenge this year. Uh, the competitive division in the generations, and is somebody who is constantly looking to push herself. But when you come into class, if you were just to come into my morning class today and you were just to look at Kelly, what you see is this, you know, strong, confident woman who is a badass. But she didn't join that way. And I think sometimes when we're newer to the gym and we walk in, you see that and it's intimidating. You see somebody who's you know, joyful and full of life and laughing and joking and smiling and truly enjoying the experience of being there and being in the gym. It's one of the things that I really love about Kelly is you know, she's dancing, she's bringing other people up, she's at full of energy and full of life, and it's really fun to be around. But when you hear her story, I hope that it gives you a little bit of perspective of where she came from, why she's that way in the gym, why it's something that's so special for her and why she looks forward to coming. And to me, when I think about what the gym means to me and what I want it to mean to other people and what it can do, I think this story and her story and seeing her every day is just sort of a walking testament to that. I just think it's so, so awesome. And I know that, you know, I just saw a statistic uh, the other day that just how many people are struggling with mental health um, and depression in our society. And I know that the gym isn't going to be right for everybody. And I know it's not going to be able to fix everything for everybody. I know it's, you know, there are a lot of people that are in Kelly's exact situation and it might not be right for them. It might not be the right fix. 
But when it is the right fix for the right person, when being surrounded by supportive, positive people who are also trying to do great, happy, positive things in their life and get their life moving in an upward spiral in the right direction, full of positivity and life and energy and enjoyment, when you put yourself in those environments and you let yourself be vulnerable and open to meeting new people and trying new things, you really can achieve greatness and you really can achieve something on the other side of that that is really awesome. Happiness, really. And so I just, I, I really loved this story. I wanted to bring it to you guys, you know, and I hope that these interviews um, can span a wide range of, you know, how health and fitness, how relationships, how the right people at the right time or the right environment at the right time, how much that can give us and give each other and as a community grow stronger. And hopefully now when you see Kelly and you see her in the gym and you see her working hard, you just understand a little more. And I think that's something that's so true and so important in our current society right now is we don't have empathy. We don't seek to understand the struggles that people are going through before we judge. And so we're extra harsh on each other, on all of us, all the time, because we just don't understand the battle that somebody has faced to get there. And so Kelly talks in here about how she's got some haters Haters in the gym who are always telling her to push it or you can do more, blah, blah, blah. And they're always getting after her and chirping her. And, you know, she sort of brings that upon herself a little bit. She's a little bit of a shit talker. Um, but, you know, I think this, you know, this podcast really gives you, gets you to the point where, um, you know, you can understand. You just, you can't hate on her. I mean, it's just such an incredible story and she's done such an amazing job. And I'm so thankful to have her in our community. And, uh, you know, I hope you guys enjoy this episode and, you know, give me some feedback on it. And give Kelly a big hug when you see her. Tell her thank you for doing it and spending a you know Friday evening away from her family to uh, give you guys a little bit of enjoyment today. Have a great day, guys. Welcome to the Friendship Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Binnick. And today we're going to be talking about all things fitness, wellness, and mindset so that you can be the best version of yourself for everybody in your family and life that loves you and needs you. All right, we are here with Kelly. Are your kids going to listen? No. MF motherfucking Ryan. So um, I love it. That was what I was most excited for. Now I'm going to give a true intro before as well, where I can really drop the F-bombs. So I'll probably prepare for all the people who listen in the car with their kids in the car. Um, (laughs) So why don't we start? Just tell me a little bit about like how long you've been at the gym and kind of just some simple, like a two minute blurb of who you are, what you do for a living, that kind of stuff. Okay. Well, I believe it's my third year at the gym. I am a teacher, although this year I'm on special assignment. So I'm in all 14 buildings in Dublin City Schools. Oh, nice. Rolling out the new 95 phonics program. I have three kids. Is that like special speech or language? No. So it's a tier one, so like general ed program that everyone gets um, to teach them phonics. Oh, cool. It's people are doing... um, we used to do whole word like language learning. Now we're back to like fun. Okay, cool. So, yeah. Nice. And I have three kids. So first grade, third grade, and fifth grade. 
And then Gary moved in, so we're blended family of five. Nice. So first, second, third, fourth, and fifth grade, all living with me. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. And do they all go to the same elementary school? Mm-hmm. Which one? Indian Run. Wow. I'm sorry. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's Marty. intense. <laughs> and this is the last year that'll all be in the same building. Yes. Yeah. Julian's probably happy. He gets to break free of the four girls. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's chaos. That's so crazy. Um, very cool. Very cool. And when, so how long have you been a teacher for? So this is your 17th. Wow. I know. Nice. I look young, right? Yeah, you do. (laughs) You look great for that. Um, and you don't need to tell us how old you are. You can do the quick math in your head, right? Um, and when you first started teaching, tell me a little bit about like that track, like what did you do and kind of what was your passion and and what did you want to work towards? So I got into special education. So like, those are my people. I was a special ed teacher for eight years. Started in Baltimore City because um, I got my master's out there and then moved back to Ohio. Nice. And was in Gahanna. And then I tra- my true passion then became into reading. So I became a reading teacher and I did that for a few years. Well, that's what I've been doing since up till now. Nice. So that's not like um, the special ed population. It's the at-risk kids. So right. I'm trying to get them before they go to special ed. So, nice. Cool. Yeah. Now tell me about Baltimore. What brought you out there for your master's? Well, I wanted to go to Johns Hopkins. Oh. No, I went there. Um, Shout out Johns Hopkins. You and Ed were there around the same time, probably. Oh. Yeah, Ed Cassis was also a Johns Hopkins guy. Yeah, I had a great time. Baltimore City is like back before everything that happened with Freddie. Yeah. Um, it was it was a lot of fun, but it was also scary as hell. Yeah. Like you go down one street, it's really cool. The other street, it's like not okay to be there. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I've only, I only know it from the wire, which obviously doesn't paint it in the brightest picture. Um, and then I went to one Ravens, uh, Browns game when I was in the army there, easy drive up. And those are my only two experiences, but the people there are like super passionate about the city, which is really cool. Yeah. So, um, and how long do you live there? Five years. Are you from here originally? So I'm from Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah. So I'm a Steelers fan. Yeah, It's gross. It's disgusting. Well, I know. And this year is not helping me. Um, yeah, so I, my whole family lives there. Cool. Went to Baltimore City, did, you know, my master's there, and then stayed a little bit extra, and then came back once I had Julian just to be closer, kind of. But yeah. all my friends are still here. Nice. So I had to connect with all those people. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, that's really cool. I love that background, and, and I love it when people get to experience some other American cities. Um, you know, it's something Maria and I talk about a lot. You know, she's kind of like Columbus, Columbus, Columbus. She went away for a little bit in college, but it's always like a fun new experience. She's never been to so many great American cities. So we're always trying to do that kind of stuff. Um, Now, what kind of brought you, like what age, so three years ago, um, what kind of brought you or was your catalyst originally to kind of coming into the gym? Okay. So I'm going to be real open and vulnerable here. Um, So, you know, I was married and I, my husband at the time had a one-year contract in Denmark. So we moved the kids to Denmark, three babies. Wow. And um, I was over there like the first six weeks and he was like, yeah, I don't think I want to do this anymore. So I was like, oh, okay. Um, after moving. After moving To there. Denmark, okay. And so I said, um, hey, mom, you need to come get me, fly to Copenhagen and take me and the kids home. So I come home and he stayed. So I had a year I didn't, I wasn't working. So I was like super depressed, didn't get out of bed, like was drinking heavily, sad, moping around. Um, And so basically the lowest part of my life, like I didn't think I would be here, like, you know, with my life just imploded. And so my sister-in-law was a 
CrossFitter in Pittsburgh, which I didn't know what that even meant. Yeah, so right. She goes to the gym. Yeah. Okay, cool. And she bought me this Christmas gift for one-on-ones at Friendship. And I held on to that till like April and May. I was like, I'm not doing that. Like, yeah. this is so stupid. <laughs> and so um, eventually, like, I just, like, was in a bad spot. My mom, my sister, people are starting to, like, really say, like, you need to do something. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't be a good mom the way that, you know, you're behaving. And so I decided I would just get up and go to Friendship. And I did my intake meeting with Ryan. And he was a fellow Pittsburgher. So that was yeah. like a nice little connection. Yeah. It's actually from my hometown. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Such a small world. People. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I was really apprehensive about it. And I was like, well, where's all the stuff? Mm-hmm. This is empty. Yep. I was like, what is this place? You are the stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's what I always say when people say that. I go, <laughs> you are, you are it. You are the machine. He's like, we, I just didn't know anything about this world. Yeah. And so I said, um, okay, like I'll, I'll spend this six sessions or however many I got. He's like, I, I was, he's like, I got just the right person for you. I have a coach in mind. I'm going to hook you up with like Liz. And then I never stopped yeah. after that. Yeah. So, um, I was, so this is like your first time with a barbell, with dumbbells, with exercising with intensity, like all that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. And did you play any sports or anything growing up? So in high school, I, like I said, I graduated 100 kids. So mm-hmm. I was like, I was the shit. You know, I was the best at everything. <laughs> the athlete, yeah. the big fish in the little pond. Basically. So I've always had that competitive vibe. Like, mm-hmm. I was soccer, basketball, and track. Nice. And then my senior year... I only did track to stay in shape. Mm-hmm. I did softball just to like, whatever. Yeah. And then um, college hit and I was like, I'm just going to have fun and not work out or do anything. So I didn't do anything yeah. from high school till coming in yeah. to the gym. So, yeah. That's pretty crazy. Did it kick your ass at first then? Oh my gosh. Yes. I'll never forget the hardest thing was the box jumps. She was oh, just wow. like, jump on this box. I was like, that's so easy. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I can't do this. Yeah. It's funny when you take that much time away from athletics, but you still know how to tap into like the drive to push. I actually think the people who get sort of beat up the most when they first start coming in, it's usually that same like 40 year old guy who's been drinking and eating like shit for like 10 years, but like was a really good athlete. And it's like, they know how to push real hard, but like their body is not primed to do that whatsoever. And you just watch them and they do their first couple workouts and they just get throttled. Um, and like, you can see it coming a mile away and you can sit there as like a coach and just be like, Hey, like bring it down, calm down, just slow down. They're not listening to you. And it's just like, they got to learn the hard way. So, yeah. All right. So you did them with Liz. Mm-hmm. Um, and did you know, um, Christina before the gym? No. Nice. So, so Liz and Christina were sort of, um, you know, like kind of meeting new people. Um, and then at first, if I remember right, you weren't always a morning person, right? That's newish, newer. Well, because I had to take a year leave of absence from work. Mm. I was free all the time. Yeah. Right. So, okay. like, and it led into the summer. And yeah. so I, um, came nine 30. I met that the nine 30 crew. Yeah. And that's how I met Christina was that just sharing, swapping stories. Yeah. I I was, I'm kind of that person where like when I'm really insecure, I have to tell you about my life so that like, I don't know. And so pretty much probably half the people know about this. Cause I just, I'm like, it makes me feel better that, you know, like Mm -hmm. anyway, it doesn't make you feel like you're hiding something from people. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So that's how Christina and I bonded and yeah. Nice. Great. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, so now three years in you have done masters twice. 
Once. Okay. Yep. Generations once. Yep. Um, and you signed up for the competitive division this year. You've done what? Two other competitions? How many other competitions? Yeah, two. I did the Fit Club one and the Girls Go on Our X. Okay. So that's all like within the last year-ish, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now tell me about like what has prompted you to want to kind of pursue that. And then what have those competitions been like for you? Well, you know, I what's really exciting about friendship is like pushing myself outside of the limits that like I ever think I could do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, through what I was telling you, I like had no confidence left about myself. And so being able to do these things gives me confidence. And so I was like, well, just try it. And then I started and then I feel like I'm going to cry. And I'm like, why did I say I would sign up for this? And then when it's over, I loved it. Yeah. And like, it was the camaraderie of like hanging out with the people in the middle of the thing and like cheering each other on. And it's just addictive but scary, but like I'm in this space now where like, I want to take risks yeah, because I want to grow. And so, um, yeah, it's just like a growing of Kelly motherfucking right. <laughs> well, and I think the, you know, the, the biggest thing is so true is, you know, there's the empowerment to me is when you, when you get faced with a challenge, right. And you're just not sure. And you have that like nervous first day of school feeling and, um, you know, you're opening yourself up to like embarrassment in public and all these things. And we all kind of know that feeling, but going in, doing it and realizing like, not only like, did I have fun, but I accomplished something. I feel good about my effort. And that then like takes your empowerment level, like up 2% and then up 2% and then up 2%. And like, we do that a little bit in the gym every day. And I, as a coach for you, especially I try to always find those spots where I can make you nervous during a workout or make you do a weight that you didn't think you could do and give you those little like, see, you can do it. Like I wouldn't make a recommendation if I didn't think you could actually do it and do it safely. Um, and so I'm going to take you there. And then every day you accomplish that, it empowers you a little more, empowers you a little more, empowers you a little more. So in your daily practice, you keep getting better, better, better. Um, but then you get to a point where it's like, you have to kind of maybe seek out that feeling in some different ways. And I think that you've done a really good job with that trajectory with signing up for some of these competitions that will make you feel that way. Um, and then, like you said, um, but that feeling, that empowering feeling is addictive because it gives you strength, you know, and I think that's the biggest thing. Like, it sounds like at least that's what you were looking for, you know, is like, obviously, you know, the, the physical, mental benefits, all those things too, but you were looking for that internal strength. Um, so. Yeah, that was definitely my goal. Like, you know, you set your goals when you get there with, I was with Ryan and it's like, my goal is just to like cut, get out of bed and do this every day. Yeah. And then it, my next goal is just to like, let my anger out mm-hmm. through the gym. And then right. like, it just keeps evolving. And yep. You know, not as angry anymore. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, I feel like you're pretty positive. <laughs> yeah. You're like, seem like mostly a ray of sunshine. Um, so tell me now, like, um, you know, what else has, you know, changed in terms of like, you know, lifestyle, are you eating better? Do you sleep better? You know, do you feel like you're a a better mother? Like, you know, you're talking about, uh, with your family kind of talking about that stuff. Yeah. You know, and obviously going through therapy too, I've learned that like, I have to put myself first. Mm -hmm. And when I put myself first, I put the kids first. And so I, that habit is like big that's changed my life is that like I'm first and I'm Mm -hmm. not doing everything for other people. I'm doing it for me. So that's been a habit that has changed. Um, Yeah, like eating, like I do like protein and all this stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Like the powders um, that I have changed. Um, I still drink, 
but probably not in access anymore. Yeah. But, you know, so that has changed. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think your, your point is spot on. It's something I try to make sure that moms know especially our giving moms, right? Um, you know, I come from a mother who it gives too much mom, if you're listening, which she always does. Um, she's always, you know, others first, um, and has always been that way her whole life. She's a very, you know, she's a, she's a nurse and it's just kind of ingrained in who she is. Um, and that's something that I try to talk a lot with, especially moms who I get to sit down with, um, you know, sat down with one today and, you just see it's just been years of not putting themselves first and it takes a toll and that toll builds in, you know, in stress, which manifests itself in different ways for different people. Um, but getting that mindset shift to start is just a little bit is I think really, really hard uh, for people. And so I think it's cool that you've switched that. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that people listening, that moms who still kind of, you know, aren't all the way there yet, that they, that they can get that point. Because once you start operating at like high capacity and you're super positive and you're empowered and you feel great all the time, um, you can give that energy back to your kids and it's, it's a really cool, powerful thing. So, and I'm sure your kids right now are like prime age to be going a million miles an hour, but still think mom is cool. Yeah. Right. So like you're just running out of a couple, yeah, I was going to say you got a few more years there. Um, so that's, that's awesome that you feel like you can kind of keep that energy level, uh, elevated for them. Um, now when you're starting to think like outside of the gym, when you're looking at like, um, you know, like work stuff, it sounds like you're pretty passionate about work. We actually haven't talked much about your work in the past. Um, but do you feel like now with kind of taking on this like new task and role, is that kind of thrust you into a little bit of like a leadership position? And then yeah. do you feel like who you are now is like, you're, you're, you know, more apt to more powerful and ready to take that position on? I do. I'm more confident in talking. I know this is surprising, but like in groups, like of like adults, like mm. um, I would be in a group of kids. And now like, I don't feel as like shy. I yeah. feel more bold and, uh, and like, I just, the confidence filters in all aspects of your life. Yeah. So yeah, I feel a lot stronger um, at work because of this. And yeah. everyone thinks it's super cool. It's hard to think <laughs> of you being shy. I feel I like know. I almost even struggle to envision what that would look like. But Well, I'm like worried that like I'll say the wrong thing or like, you know. Yeah, I know. I could be shy in front you of you. You do say the wrong thing know. sometimes though. Right, I yeah. do. And yep. so sometimes. You and Maria share good. that affliction, right? <laughs> it's like, it's just like filter gone, like brain, mouth. Right. It's out there. And then like, it's just like. Right. Ooh, I don't know if you should have said that, yeah. but, um, but I love that. I, I mean, for me, I kind of thrive on that, like little bit of drama, like a little bit. I find like, I don't get uncomfortable in it at all. Whereas some people get like so uncomfortable. They can't handle it. Like I feel like Matt LaMonica is that way. Like he can't, he gets around drama and it just makes him so uncomfortable. Like being in those scenarios where like somebody says something, there's that tension. Um, but like, I don't know. I find that humorous. So it's funny for me to be around it with Maria and, and like Jeffrey loves it. Um, oh, yeah. it's like his favorite thing to be around and he just thinks, you know, Maria is the funniest. So, uh, so I feel, I always feel that way about you too. Like it, it just makes me laugh. Like it doesn't, yeah. I don't think it's stressful. I mean so. no harm. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's <laughs> what you, I mean, it's like, look, it, everybody means well. Um, so now tell me a little bit about like community stuff. So we talked a little bit about Christina, who I think, you know, that you guys, I always kind of think about you guys as, um, you know, like a team, you guys have been so close and partnered so much and, uh, just kind of been there for each other. So I think that's really cool. Um, we talked about Liz obviously, um, you know, but 
now I feel like at 515 SEU, like you and Abby are always kind of pushing each other. Tell me a little bit about just kind of like what that community's meant and, um, you know, having that sort of influx of new people into your life and kind of what that has meant. So all the people out there, Jeff gave me these questions and this question was like, it's hard to even like express. I feel like it brings like tears to my eyes because like, I just feel like friendship has supported me. I'm going to cry. That's okay. Now, like in so many ways, like everybody, like I just like, I feel like I've made so many friends and like friendship has become like my own thing that mm-hmm. I created and had made all these people. Cause you know, like I'm 38 and when you like, how, when can you make friends? Right. You know, you go through college and then you're established at work and you don't get out to meet people. And I feel like I've had like, 200 friends. And like, I feel like I know everybody. I might not know your name because I'm really bad at that. Like I know a little bit about your life and Mm -hmm. they know about my life. And I feel like everyone so supportive, even my haters out there, you know, (laughs) stew, 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 put more weight. Um, Bobby too. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. I love it. Just call the haters out. It's good. You know, cause he's like, you know, that we were swapping stories. Um, so, yeah, I just feel like this community is really unknowingly or knowingly have, like, put their arms around me. And I just feel so thankful of it, like, everyone. And then I was like, I don't even want to say people's names because there's so many mm-hmm. that if I feel like I would leave out because so many people mean so much to me. Yeah, that was what Milt had said, too. I do think that that's obviously challenging. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, to your point, it's when you start thinking about, um, you know, the people you let into your life. I think the the hard part is, is you also have to let yourself be open to accepting that. Um, and so it is a give and take, you know, and I've always been big now. I, it's nice for me to have sort of the social experiment of the gym to be able to sit back as like, and just kind of watch from like a bird's eye view of all of these relationships and, you know, babies and marriages and relationships, uh, you know, newly formed and now they broke up and blah, blah, blah. Right. You see all this stuff coming. Um, and just kind of paying attention to like who does really well. And the biggest thing that I, that I find is the people who do really well are the ones who are open to always meeting new people. You know, they don't, they don't, you know, stick to the same class time and the same people in the same rack. And I only talk to, you know, my little click and that's it. Um, they are open to new partnerships and new people and supportive. And, um, you know, what sticks out to me is, um, is, watching you sort of give back now is, you know, we were at, I don't know if you'll even remember this. We were in the front one day. Um, and one of our newer clients walked in and she was talking about how, you know, she had just gotten taken off of her, um, depression medication and you were just putting your shoes on and just kind of like there and kind of eavesdropping. Um, and you just like immediately jumped in and were like so supportive of her. It was just like, that is awesome. Like I've had these successes too. I know exactly, you know, what you're talking about. Um, and I think you guys just stayed out front. I did like go start class and you guys like stayed out front and you just kept talking to her. Um, I just thought that was really cool. I think those are the things, the experiences where there are so many new people joining the gym like today, you know, and they are going through, you know, what you've experienced, you know, for the last three years. And those first like six months are super hard to stick with it before you know all of these things or before you can even open yourself up to experience some of that stuff. Um, And so I think, you know, when we do have sort of those mentor clients who can come in and not be somebody who's, you know, selling them something or who they have to pay for, but just somebody truly who authentically wants them to 
be a happier, healthier person and has been in tough spots and made it out of it and, you know, um, made a thing out of that. I think that stuff goes such a long way in, in building. And that's what I've noticed over the years of time with more of that, more of that, more of that. And those people stay around and then they do it for other people. That's what has become powerful. I think like that is what sort of friendship is to me is watching those people who, you know, I get to see the fun part for me is I got to see everybody start, you know, I got to see young Liz lemon come in before Tess was born. And, (laughs) um, after Addie was born and, you know, you get to watch all of these people do their first, you know, power cleans and their first squats and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and just watch their full trajectory. And obviously now Liz is, you know, more than a mentor for people and, you know, also a therapist at times. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, a good coach, we talk about, um, you know, coaches all the time, just, um, how you develop yourself more and everybody has sort of their natural knack, like, you know, Maria and Liz are your, your natural therapists, right? Mm -hmm. Um, not that Jenny's not, but Jenny's going to be a different type of therapist where she's going to be like, yeah, it just sounds like you're full of shit. Just, you know, suck it up and be better, um, which is a different kind of therapist we all need sometimes. Right. Um, but obviously Jenny's skill is being, you know, super blunt and honest, which I think is a very rare trait these days. And, you know, being a great like X's and O's coach and having great knowledge base and being able to articulate that knowledge to you succinctly. Um, and so, you know, I, I've tried really hard to create a well-rounded staff in that way. Um, but you know, Liz, I think has, she's been very vulnerable. She's been very open with people in the past about the stuff that she struggled with. Um, you know, and I think that from like sort of an empathy standpoint, I think that she's always been one of the best. I think Emily's really good right now too, with that stuff. Um, and so it's, I, it's kind of the right person in the right place. And it sounds like you guys were connected at the right time. So it's really cool. I feel like, um, Anytime, if I do get a good job from Jenny, it's like means the world to me. Yeah, remember right. every time, those two times. <laughs> those two times, they were the most amazing times ever. Yeah. And, you know, I think Andy's great with the bantering of, you know, he pushes me mm-hmm. when, you know, I don't want to be, but it makes me a better athlete. And so it all the coaches, I feel like, have really, they do each have their own special, like, thing they're good at. Yeah. And I do love being able to go to all the different classes too, like to experience all of that. If you stick in one class. Yeah. Um, So it's nice to bounce around. Yeah. I mean, the, the taking different classes, I think is a hard thing for a lot of people. Um, You know, I've seen you, you've come some noons, some 425s and um, and then obviously a lot of mornings. Um, But you know, that's like a, it's kind of a soft recommendation I have for people, you know, and a lot of people can't do it and which yeah. is just kind of out yeah. for them. Yeah. Um, but if you can, I think it's like you said, I think it's really cool and different classes have different vibes and, you know, in some classes you had a five fifteen the other day where you were the leader, you were the lead pack pace, dog. Uh, pacemaker, that that was you. Eat. And you did not like that role. I don't. And so like, you got to find some classes, um, you know, where you got to go out and and be that, that lead dog sometimes. Um, I think that's, that's what can be fun in putting yourself in different roles is actually something I've talked with Andre about a lot is he, you'll see him very much, um, ebb and flow, like elevate. If he's got somebody who's like a lead dog ahead of him, like if I'm in a class with him, he'll, he'll go to a totally different level. And then if there's not somebody who's, who's in that role in the class, like you'll see, he'll like bring it down a little bit. And I'm like, dude, you can't do that. Yeah. Like you gotta be, you gotta be ruthless no matter what, like you gotta be aggressive. (laughs) You gotta be, you gotta push it. You gotta find a way. I love those days as a challenge to just totally like in my own head, in my own world 
to find ways to internally challenge myself. Like in that workout was a good example. It's like, I'm going to do them all unbroken. I'm going to push the pace faster. I'm going to, you know, try to outrun this person or, you know, whatever it is. And you can set those little like micro goals. But I like to beat someone. I know. Yeah. It's hard. You're just, you're just trying to beat yourself down into the ground, into that deep grave right on a Friday. Well, that's what we're, I was, I mentioned Bobby. He said we were, he said he had a memory of me that I had no idea about. Yeah. And he said it was a sprinting one summer, a hundred yards, like in the parking lot mm-hmm. and we were sprinting and I didn't say anything, but he switched groups and it was like the sixth time. And I was like, Oh, you can't switch. I haven't beat you yet. Yeah. And he was like, what? Like yeah. you were internally like trying to do that. But I like, I like that. Like, yeah. I like looking at like Avery or something like, okay, yeah. I got to try to get to that yeah. like level. So anyway. Yeah. It's my favorite thing is fucking with people when I know they're doing that to me. Um, and like, you can tell. yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's, I have a weird, like, you know, you, you do so many workouts, you can start to pay attention to totally external factors. Like even today in the unknowns, it was like, okay, like Abby had a slow transition and was starting to do some things on the Curtis piece. So I was like, oh, I'm going to like shorten my break time so that I finish my set. And then immediately, and then immediately go and do my first set of like toes to bar to 11 before she even picks up the Curtis P bar again, just to, just to fuck with her, just to fuck with her a little bit because I knew she was like, she could not see me. I was right in front of her. Right. Um, and so like those little games to me, I think are just fun sometimes. And I try to do it both to make sure that the athletes themselves are getting better workouts who want to do that, who want to chase. Yeah. And forcing them a lot of times for me, it's always forcing people into transitions that they don't want to take. Like everybody loves to take these long, slow transitions and I'll get some chalk and I'll do this. It's like, no, like drop your Curtis P bar and like be grabbing the pull up bar before your bar stops bouncing and get your first set done. Um, and like, that's kind of the, that's a fun way that I try to like be the lead dog, if you will, like in a workout. Um, so that's something that you can work on. Well, um, also note to self, don't partner with you. Because that day was so fun though. Oh my God. It was like, I thought I was going to die. Yeah. That day was fun. That's always my goal in a partner work. I so try to try t- to keep up with you. Yeah. And you know, I'm trying to impress, you know, well, try to, I, my goal is always to try to kill my partner. Oh, um, well, yeah, you like sure did it always. Um, and I mean, that comes from the people who I used to partner with, um, who used to kill me all the time, but it's like, <laughs> then you see how much better you get when you do that all the time. Yeah. Um, and you always feel like, okay, you know, all right, Chris is going to do this rowing workout and he's, he's going to row like probably like a 135 or a 140. So like, I, I just got to kind of keep it in that zone and then he goes out and he's rowing like a 125 and you're like, oh, fuck, I can't do a 125. <laughs> you're like, I don't want to do that. That's going to make this workout so shitty. And then you do it. And then you're like literally dead at the end. Um, and then you just see, you know, the two years that I trained specifically like with him, but with other people too, is this way with Maria after she got in, in ludicrous shape. It's like, if you're doing thrusters, I mean, you think, you know, Abby does very fast thrusters. Maria does very fast thrusters. It's the most annoying thing for us. Long femured, long legged people. Yeah. Um, and so you trained with those people though, but that's who you want to train with is you want to train with somebody like Abby younger, faster, um, you know, super strong and powerful, and, and like, that's the kind of stuff then that's like, you want to try to put yourself around people where you feel like they push me out of my comfort zone. Like Abby's going to push you a little heavier than you want to go. She's going to go a little faster than maybe you want to go. So that's always where you want to be with that. All right. <clears throat> I already told her, I said, well, we did 75 at the unknown state. Let's do 85, but partner it next time mm-hmm. and then do 
85 solo. She already said no. Yeah, no, you got to do 85 solo. <laughs> she wants the heat. Yeah. I don't know, but I do want to say props to like, well, even anybody, but like Liz is like, okay, Kelly, you're going to do three. You're going to do, then now you're going to do another three. You're yeah. going to do two. It's like those moments. Shelby does that a lot too. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, but like, I was going to quit. Yeah. I would have quit. You were close. Sorry, there's a big buck out back there. You see him? Isn't that crazy? That really is. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a bunch of, there's like a whole family of deer that sleep uh, right out my back window all Are the time. You a hunter? No. Okay. No, nah, I don't know anything about that. Yeah. He's looking right at us That's now. Not. And that he's got pretty antlers. Yeah. There's some cool ones. And then there's, there's a dude walking around here. He's got like, like even a double rack on top of that. So yeah, we've had some people over who are hunters and, uh, like, <laughs> I just, yeah, they're like, can I borrow your gun? I'm like, no, you cannot discharge a gun in Dublin city proper. I'm pretty sure the cops will be all over us in like 30 seconds. They got nothing to do. Right. Um, no, yeah. So sorry, distracting in your background. Um, all right. So, uh, I think we talked about most, uh, we're through four. Uh, what are your favorite things to work on? Like right now, if we said, um, you know, Kelly Ryan next year and masters coming up, Jeff programs this. And we don't go into hardcore hacking mode of trying to figure out your double energy handstand walks, like, and going through an immense amount of work to try to figure that out. But you've just already got it. What is it? Oh, I mean, I want to get a bar muscle up. Okay, cool. So I, I enjoy the gymnastic piece of, you know, CrossFit and I want to get that, but I don't know if I can do it. Now, all right, here's coach Jeff coming out. I've watched you. The the zeal and vigor that you put after class every day in your handstand walks. I know, and I and never got it. Everybody watched them, right? And everybody watched that. Two things with that. One, I don't think it was disappointing because you did get better. Um, and two, uh, where are you? Have you ever seen that picture of it's like top to bottom, and there's two guys and they're like digging a trench for a diamond, right? Okay. And the one dude is like one strike away from uncovering the diamond. And then like the next photos of him with the pickaxe on his shoulder going, that's ah, just not worth it. Right. And he was like one strike away. Right. Um, I think about that uh, photo all the time when I watch people like do these, um, I obviously have, you know, program masters for 10 or 12 years now. And I know the movements that are going to force people into a little bit of discomfort because they don't work on them or train them enough when they could do them. Um, and so what I, and I, I say the same things every year I said, you when Megan Myers were my girls this year, um, was love Meg, by the way. Yeah. So yeah, she's the best. Um, why don't you just, you know, if you just kept doing that every day, I know. Well, I had to take a, a week break. Yeah. But I, now I've watched you have passed a handful of classes. I haven't seen you work on bar muscle-ups or handstand walks. So I now know. I get to hold your feet to the fire a little bit on I, this. Um, but I think, you know, you, you certainly can. Like, I think you are capable right now. The bar muscle-ups, um, you know, and handstand walks for that matter, and double unders for that matter, all three of them, are just simple repetition and skill. Um, you know, it's not like you are strong enough right now. Uh, I think you have all the strength prerequisites. I would not worry about that at all. Uh, it's, it's just the skill repetition. And so when you get down to that point, that's great. Um, you know, for a lot of people, it's the simple strength mechanic. It's like, you just have to be able to do, 
you know, five strict pull-ups in a row, or you have to be able to do some, you know, some butterflies or some chest bars and you can do all those things. Once you kind of get those basic mechanics down, you have the strength. It's, it's just that, that repetition. So. All right, guys. Well, now Jenny's going to, now Jenny's going to, if you want a Jenny, good job, watch her when you get your first muscle up, she's going to be fired up. Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the true joy in coaching for me, is watching people go from like zero strict pull-ups and just go all the way through to getting bar muscle-ups and, and rope climbs and all those things, which rope climbs you're great at now, but now legless, you can kind of pop that on like same, same tier um, of things you probably could do, but you got to work on. And it's, it's so fun to like watch that trajectory come and then be able to see the, true accomplishment of like getting that first, you know, bar muscle up and then being able to string two together and then being able to handstand walk 20 or 30 feet unbroken. Um, it's, I think it's just such a cool pursuit and such a fun pursuit. Um, and you know, I personally, as a coach, like my, I love, you know, when people lose weight and they accomplish their goals from like an aesthetic or a health perspective, when they get off prescription drugs and those things like that's really fulfilling to me too. I love that. Um, but like, if you just keep going, keep going past the weight loss, then what past the, you know, past the strict pull-ups, then what, um, you just keep going, you sort of get to like this end of the rainbow thing. And when you get that last skill and you kind of watch it happen, it's just so such a cool moment. So I'm excited for you to have that in front of you. I I felt that in the masters when I did that 155. Yeah. I was like, what? We might not have done the best overall, but that moment and the whole competition. Smoke showed it too. I was. So I know what you're saying. It was so funny. I, you know, we were watching you and Annie prep for that. And I was like, oh, she's got it. She's got it. And Annie goes like, she kind of looks at me. She's like, do you think we should practice more? I go, no. I go, ride the game day vibes. Like, I was like, when you get out there and you get that crowd behind you, like you can lift. It's, it's, I think I even told you it's good for 10%. And it was, I mean, you smoked it. You had plenty in the tank. I even thought you were going to get 170. Um, But that was like more of a mental thing, I think. Um, and then, you know, what's next for training? Are you looking at generation stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Making plans. Nice. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you texted me on a Friday night, like 11. (laughs) And I was like, like, what's the weekend? Probably not 11 because I go to bed at like nine. So it was probably like 830 or something. And I was just like, and you were like, we're making plans. And I was like, like, well, I don't think those people, the people specifically that you had asked, I was like, I don't think they're going to do it with you, but I like where your plans are. (laughs) Um, Do you want to make an announcement of. Is it one girl and me? What are the, what is it? It's Generations three. is three. Yeah. So I have two. Got to be so. born in different decades. So uh, it's Abby and I. Okay. And you need a third. Are you 80s? Yes. Yeah. And Abby is 90s? Or, is she? Okay. Yeah. So, so you could find a fish. 2000s baby or you could find a 70s, right? Yeah. Those are your options. Go older, go younger. Yeah. And immediately a couple come to mind. There are options out there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's fun. I like that. I like that aspect of the competition is getting those three generations. I think it's kind of fun. I like the three. I like three people. Yeah. Harder to program. Harder okay. for me to program um, to make sure that like all three people are kind of being challenged without being stupid. Like I hate, yeah. there's a million ways that you can do it that are stupid. Um, I just don't like doing any of that. So it's like, oh, hey, this isn't hard enough. It's like, oh, we'll just stick one person on the echo bike and we'll just do scored for echo bike calories. And it's like, oh, that's, but that's not fun. Right. Like, I don't well, like that Well, then Liz much. is just doing all that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. 
did that in one of the competitions. Did she? That was, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was another competition just did that this past weekend. Um, okay. All right. You ready for some fun stuff? Sure. Okay. Do you want to, do you have anything more? Do you want to do anything we didn't talk about about the gym? No, just, I love it. Thank okay. you. Oh, for yeah. Opening it and giving this friendship to everybody. Well, it's a, it's a, I'm new into it, but. I I don't deserve any of the thanks. The the people who, you know, come in a community based thing is one of those things where it's like you can kind of start the ball rolling, but the ball gets passed off to so many other people that it just kind of gets taken over at a certain point and you try your best to manage it. But for the most part, like we're just lucky, you know, that, you know, the Pats and the Bobbies and, you know, the Tom and Maggie's and um, you know, those, all the people who have banners up now, Jenny's and Maria's and, um, that those people stuck around long enough to be, um, you know, culture people like right. cornerstone culture people, you know, and Bobby at the, the, he was, this was five thirty before five fifteen. we had five thirty. you know, Bobby and cash at the five thirty. Pat has always been a four thirty guy. Um, you know, Jenny used to be an early morning person, then a little bit of an afternoon person. And so like, having some of those cornerstones there and letting them sort of take over for the culture and protect the culture a little bit. Um, you know, which Bobby obviously is always like, he's like the most protected person by the culture. Like he's, he's such a friendship or through and through, um, you know, that is what sets the stage for everybody else to come in and have a great time. So, well, yeah, because like they're so seasoned, they're so strong and so like successful and like, they're going to talk to me. Yeah. Like, I will always remember Pat, like, hey, good job. Yeah. Like, you're doing great. And then I remember I failed once, like, in a random thing. He's like, do it again. Yeah. You. Yeah. Do it again. You're going to do it again. So, like, it's just the culture. You're right. Yeah. People you surround yourself with. Yeah. The gym. Awesome. Yeah. And Pat was with us at the garage. Um, I mean, he's been a freak athlete since the day I knew him. And he doesn't look a day older now than he did when I <laughs> when I first met him when he was, you know, what, 14 years younger. Um and yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, we're just, we were very lucky. The guys we started it with were very, we're all right place at the right time, the right spot in our lives, um, had a good focus in terms of, you know, we, we were green around the years from a training perspective, but we really just had a focus on, on putting something positive in our lives, which is really all we wanted out of it. Um, and we didn't ever set out to, to make it a, you know, a career or anything like that, where I would be supporting full-time people. We really just focused for those first few years. on like, let's just create a great culture that we love going to every day. Um, and then over time that was able to just kind of take over. So yeah, very, very lucky. And then obviously, you know, for the people who have stuck through, you know, staffing changes and Jay leaving, Jay was, Jay leaving was a huge one. Um, was just really, really hard for people. It would, it would be like me leaving, right? It's just like, you just, yeah. it's just such a big drop off for people. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, I think it's even probably hard for people to fathom, you know, now, um, and the people who stuck around with that, like that was hard and a lot of loyalty and, um, and you know, those people, um, you know, they've seen a lot. So, um, so it's been great. You'll never leave. <laughs> Don't ever leave me. <laughs> Cause I'd find I you. you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, no, I mean, that's what I actually, you know, was talking to Andy the other day about, 
um, you know, some of our plans and stuff we're doing now for the, for the long haul. So we got some exciting things coming. I'm hopeful to announce at some point soon, but you know, um, do you need to announce anything? Oh, there'll be announcements. (laughs) Yeah. We'll have announcements, big fun announcements, good announcements. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited about some of it and and it goes to all the stuff we've been talking about. It's all, it's all just doubling down on, on the stuff that I think is really valuable for us. Um, okay. So let's do some fun stuff here. This is my new format for the podcast is I want people to be able to take things away, um, have shared similarities, things they also love and know that they can talk to you about. Um, but also maybe get some ideas, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, all right. Um, now you were vague here. I'm reading your answers ahead of time. I'm <laughs> cheating. Um, all right. So I give you, we, we decided last week with Milt that we need to up the dollar amount. So we're going to wow. say $500. Okay. I give you $500. You have to spend it on one meal at one place. Where are you going? And what are you getting? Jeff, I don't know. I feel like I would get steak somewhere. Steak somewhere is a great answer. But where where are your favorite places to get steak around Columbus? It doesn't need to be Columbus. Oh, no, no. I said mine was in Tampa. Let's go to Paris. Oh, okay. I thought we might be over $500. All right, listen. Next week, we're going to $2,000 or $5,000 for flying to Paris. We're flying private to Paris to go to a... Yeah, for sure. So now we're at like... 75 grand meal. So we'll just, just yeah, the just meal. the meals 500. I think that's fair. Okay. Yeah. Steak. What kind of steak are you getting? Kind of lame. I don't like it bloody or anything. Just the, meal. yeah, but like a filet, a New oh, York strip. For sure. Okay. If I have a lot of money to spend, I'd put some crab on top. Okay. A little surf and turf. Um, Oh, Oscar, I think. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you're going to, yeah. Hyde park, uh, is, yeah. is the, the big, uh, they're always doing Oscar style steaks. All right, I like that. Sides. Mashed potatoes. Um, Butter, bacon, cheese. Yeah, I mean, we got 500 bucks. Yeah, so exactly. So like, Put it all on there. Like Probably two things of bread. Okay. Just keep the bread coming. Standard bread. Yeah, like I feel like they have good stuff. Like it's warm. Have you been to the Hyde Park in on Henderson? Um, yes. Okay. Not on Henderson. I feel like I've been to the one in Dublin and the one in the short north. You should go to the one in on Henderson. Okay. Uh, it's the original. Oh. oh. Very authentic. Very cool. Um, there's like a fireplace room. I think, I don't know if that's actually the name of the room, but it's the one room with like a really cool old school fireplace. Um, cool to get a drink. They've got like a okay. little jazz lounge in the front and like a, like a really cool bar. Um, and then just the restaurant's very unique, authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, but Everything that you just said, I think immediately of Hyde Park. Like yeah. amazing steaks, great mashed potatoes, amazing bread. Um, like a nice bottle of wine. Yeah. Like a Pinot Noir. The top is really good. Yeah. I, think I was telling Bob about that the other day. Yeah. I really like the top in Bexley. Yeah. Swanky old 50 style, but not like anxious. Yeah. You're going to get Andy, I feel like, loves the top. Oh, really? And yeah. I think Grant does too. Um, I've actually never been, uh, I've, there's been like three or four times that I feel like I've been like invited to a thing and I just wasn't able to go for whatever reason. Um, and I rarely would turn down a, a steakhouse opportunity. So I like it. Um, all right, there we go. We get to see, we get a couple that's a double Hyde park reference. I'm going to keep talking about that one. Sorry guys. And, uh, and then the top. Okay, cool. I like it. All right. One movie rest of your life. Um, let's say, okay, we're going to go seasons Christmas time or, or let's say winter. That's what I was thinking. Seasons, I feel like I'd have to go with like Love Actually. Oh, never seen it. What? Mm -hmm. 
It's weird too because I like like rom coms. Oh a, my god! I'm a I'm a total I'm a total nut for uh, for romantic movies. It's really bizarre. Yeah, like like people holiday. don't know that about me. Yeah, I have seen the holiday. Yep. I love rom coms. Uh, definitely. I mean, if we're going like adventure, the town or like like drama, like gunfighting. Yeah. The town. The town is an amazing movie. I love, love it. the town. Yep. Old school Breakfast Club is my go to. Okay. And you know a good Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. You know I could watch that. Yeah. I really like the town. The town is very rewatchable for me. Oh, I can watch it anytime it's on. Have you seen The Accountant? That's Ben. Yeah. Mm-mm. Oh, you gotta watch that tonight. Okay. That's that's like on par with the town for me. Oh, um, okay. It's one of my favorite like action movies. It's so good. Um, and like I'm not. It's weird too because like I'm not a huge. I would never say I'm a Ben Affleck fan. <laughs> Seems but like, like Goodwill Hunting, The Accountant in the Town are like three of like probably my top twenty favorite movies. Like I love yeah. all three of those movies so much, and so like you can't you can't hate um, you know if if you like him that much. So yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that's a good one. The Town is such a good movie. Um, all right, Love Actually, put it on the docket. Um, I'm on I'm on a quest to see every movie that anybody utters on this podcast to ensure that like I've, I've seen everything. Yeah. Okay. So I'm a big movie guy. Love actually. Love actually. Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. Okay. I'm, I'm kind of questionable on Hugh Grant. I mean, everyone is, but he's yeah. in it. like, I don't get Hugh Grant. Like he's not good looking. Is he? No, I don't think so either. So no. why does he get cast in those roles? I mean, he's not like Matthew McConaughey rom-com. I get like, he's a stud. He looks good with his shirt off. He's super charismatic. Yeah. His book's amazing. Do you ever listen to green lights? Do you like audiobooks at all? Not really. Yeah. I'm not an audiobook person. I'm more of a podcast person, but, um, but green lights, he narrates and he kind of pauses and tells the stories from his own point of view. And, uh, I loved it. I flew through it. I like really, really enjoyed it. Um, so if you ever do want to check it out, if you like Matthew McConaughey, it's worth it. But yeah, the Hugh Grant thing never made sense to me. Um, so all right. Well, hopefully I like it. Don't let me down. I I hope not, but also watch it in December. Okay. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I watched Home Alone last night. So, um, and like that's, it wouldn't have honestly before last night been on my list, but now that we're talking seasonal, yeah, you know, Home Alone during Christmas time for me is like, just never gets old. It's just such a damn good movie. Um, and then, yeah, uh, we were just watching Jerry Maguire too. (laughs) Maria's never seen Jerry Maguire. So that's also on her docket. Oh, which is like upsetting because I was like, yeah, she's never seen anything. And sometimes I get like angry that she'll just be like, oh, the pish posh. I don't need to see that. And I'm like, what? Well, yes, what you do. do. Instead. Um, falls asleep. Oh. Yeah, mostly. Um, no. <laughs> all right, Candy, we are on the same page here. Uh, all right. Favorite dessert. Um, you said candy or Oreo Oreos. cookies, which is great because Oreos are my favorite. Now, what kind uh candy is candy like hard candy, candy bar? Um, any type of chocolate candy. Okay. I do not discriminate. Kit Kat bars? That's probably number one. Wow, I nailed it. Look yeah, at that. Number one. M&M's I love. Um, but you like, go to a movie and you're getting a snack. What do you oh, get? Well, that's different because if you're going to a movie, take like, popcorn out of it. But like, what's your like go to? Like, I enjoy a junior mint. Okay, I really nice. do. Mix yep. a little popcorn or a raisinette. It's chocolate, it's peppermint, it's delicious. It's <laughs> what's not to like? Um, yeah, I've uh, I don't think I I've ever had a junior mint. Um, what? 
Now, I used to go with Sweet Tarts was my movie go-to. They stopped selling those. Um, so then, and normally I'm just a popcorn guy, but. Right. Um, Do people go to movies? Uh, yeah, I love movies. Um, oh, yeah, Top Gun. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I saw Top Gun three times in theaters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember you telling me. Yeah. Uh, three times. You know, it's, it's the, the thing for me, I'm, I'm such like a, an energy person. I love being around things that like give me energy and a really good movie in a theater is yeah. like just second to none in terms of like the, getting goosebumps from just like, like, just think about how amazing it is. You go through your whole life. How many things do you sit and watch in person of real people doing real stuff with like no music in the back? I mean, how many real things do you go through where like you get goosebumps? Mm. It's like, I can count like two or three it's like the birth of stevie right which probably you didn't get goosebumps during um (laughs) it's like yeah right i can (laughs) um and i meant more during your kids it's like you're probably going through the birthing process maybe isn't as cool of a spectator sport as being the dad um and i went to number number one number two michigan game night and when you're like you know, that atmosphere when they're doing script Ohio and just the noise in the stadium, like that'll give you goosebumps. And when they sing like Carmen, Ohio. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We were on the field. We were like with uh, the players. It was a whole thing. So like, like two real life events, but then you see movies and it's like, okay, you get like interstellar Rocky four, you get all these things. It's like, no matter how many times I've seen those movies, like still get goosebumps during those scenes. And, and Top Gun two had a scene. Do you see it? Yeah. Yeah. It has that scene when he like steals the plane and you're just like, Oh fuck. Yeah. It's so awesome. (laughs) Um, and that scene just like gave me goosebumps. And so I was like, dude, I got to go back just to watch that scene again. Um, so, and we saw it the first time in IMAX, which was like, and then unfortunately, then I was like, okay, we're just like, how was it? I was like, it's amazing. We got to go see it. We'll go see it like in two days. And then we went to like one of the smaller Dublin theaters and I'm just sitting there all the time going, sucks this isn't as good as the original i mean i'm still into it and then she left she was like that was amazing and i was like we should just yeah. go see it in imax again yeah um so yeah um how do we get on that oh co- popcorn um and movies <laughs> um i like it now oreos i assume you mean uh, double stuff oreos oh, for sure yeah the fact that they still sell single stuff bothers me right like why or try with the exotic are you an exotic oreo person no, yeah i want the standard classic right and now, what, milk. what about oreo milkshakes sure yeah. okay yeah I'm, i make a famous oreo milkshake <sighs> you know what the secret is you put uh, an entire packet of oreos in the oh, milkshake okay. yeah <laughs> so, Sounds great. yeah so that was like uh we were uh, we were on vacation with a couple one time and i was like bragging about it. i was like oh i make the best oreo milkshakes and they're like really and i was like yeah you want one and we were like yeah so we went to the store and i literally i put a whole tube of ice cream and a whole packet of oreo cookies and then just like a little milk to to get the consistency right and that's it and then we calculated up after one like normal pint glass full is something like 2,800 calories. Oh yeah. It's not good. Yeah. And you're drinking it in like a matter of seconds. I was like, that is a day and a half's worth of calories that you're drinking down in like two minutes. I will say this probably bad. Andy would probably be mad, but working out has given me the opportunity to eat a lot more things that I would never eat before. Yeah. I used to say all the time, my main, not my main, but at the time it probably was true. My main goal with working out as hard and as much as I do, because at the time I was doing a ton of volume was to be able to eat like Oreos and chocolate chip cookies, like three nights a week. Yeah. Um, I I think that's the best thing about it. Yeah. And I ate, I used to do that like three nights a week. 
Um, I heard you were kind of a cookie guy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we're going to get uh, Bakes by Low to cater the uh, Christmas party, which Ooh. I'm excited about. So she's going to come okay. in and bring all of her dope cookies. Um, all right. Favorite vacation destination. Oh, you went so vague. I want a place. I mean, a place that I have been before. Sure. I mean, my favorite vacation is traveling Europe. Mm-hmm. I did in college and like seeing all the different countries. And I just fell in love with Italy. Yeah. You know, and said like future jet, um, place I'd want to go. That's the next question. And I think I would just go back to Italy yeah. and just eat pasta and drink their wine. If I really had to pick, I'd pick like the Amalfi coast yep. in France. Cause I did, I always mess this up. Cinque Terre, Cinque Terre, whatever that is in Italy, that kind of coast. So I want, I saw that amazing. I yeah. see the French side. Yeah, that was Jay and Kristen, um, who used to coach the gym. That was just at the Amalfi Coast, and their pictures are like it's like a postcard. I mean, it's insane. Um, yeah, I've never I've been through Europe mainland, but never like to the Mediterranean area, and that's where I would love to spend time too. Um, like the island of Sardinia, um, and and some of those um, more, and then like around like some of the Greek islands and some of those things yeah. too. You see Bobby's um, pictures. Like I was there too, and it's like. Oh, I just want to go back. Yeah. Greece is just. Yeah. It wasn't it. It was Bobby and Liz and they're all just like, oh, we're just going to go. And then we're just going to pop over to Greece. Oh, no, that was Omar's wedding. They were like, we're going to do that. And then we're just going to pop over to Greece for a little yeah, bit. I'm like, man, <laughs> fuck you guys. All right. You guys go do whatever you want. I'll be the one who holds down the gym for you guys. Um, <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, salty. I, that was a mistake on my part. But, um, but you know, at, at the same time, it was some, visit. somebody, somebody had to, you know, make sure the gym was still running. Um, all right. Yeah, I love um, traveling. So nice. That's good. Do you have any trips coming up? Um, um, Punta Cana. Oh, nice. Kenya. Yeah, I love break. Punta Cana. Have you been there before? No. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. We you'll probably stay the the like resort is like the top like northeastern side of the island. Um, and there's like kind of a string of resorts. And then we stayed in an Airbnb that was like all the way down like the southeastern tip, um, which is so almost like undeveloped area. And there is a, like one of those gorgeous golf courses down there. And then like that whole drive down, once you get past where a lot of like the civilization is, um, is like so cool. It's so pretty. And some of the beaches are incredible. Um, so yeah, I, I loved it there. We had a lot of fun. Um, grants, we went with grant and one grants favorite thing is to go to El Supermercado Internacional um, at all of these. Uh, so like what, when we go to Cabo, if we've been, we've been to Cancun and we've done Putacana um, and his favorite thing the first day is he like packs super minimal, like brings okay. almost nothing. And then he goes to like their, you know, their, for some reason, all of these vacation destinations, places, they have like one, thing that's like walmart times target right it's like it's all of your this is this whole half is a big supermarket and you can get alcohol and you can get everything and then this whole half is like you can buy a pool you can buy a jet ski you can buy clothes you can buy whatever you want and so grant just goes and drops like five hundred dollars he just like buys every he buys all the alcohol we need gets all of his groceries buys like noodles for the pool or oh, the yeah. beach and like a, a tube and a bunch of like inner tubes. And then like his whole first day is like getting them all set up and getting them into the ocean. And then like it's his payoff when he like lays down in the raft with the noodle underneath his head and his drink there. 
it's yes. just like it's very fun. Uh, so now we've been on enough beach vacation destinations together. We're like, I know that's his thing. He gets so fired up for it. So um, he gets upset. No, like fired, like oh, happy. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's awesome. Uh, when are you guys doing that? We're doing that for spring break in nice. March, Gary and I. And then my sister's getting Maui. Why? Wow. So we're going Maui. All kids. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So. No kids for Dominican. Yeah. Kids with that one. Awesome. I've never been to Hawaii. That was Milt's big thing. I'll be broke. A lot of Hawaiiers. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard it's expensive and, um, and the kids that'll be interesting. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's nice, light, easy travel day yeah, <laughs> for no all those deal. kids to turn around through the connections and everything. Um, all right. Where do you want to go? You've never been adventurer. I just like to go anywhere. Anywhere. What do you like when you, so I'm always interested when you, when you say adventurer, like, tell me what you mean by that. I want to experience like new cultures and different people. Like, yeah. but I'm not like, Oh, I want to go like to the mountain right. or hike. Like that's not me. Not really like outdoorsy, I guess really. Yeah. I want to like travel and see things and meet people and eat their food and yeah. drink different things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes like travel culture, I guess you would say, or like the travel industry somewhat impedes that like that was my, my, um, you know, parents, big thing. They, my dad's big retirement thing you wanted to do was go through Italy and go through Europe. And they did a big thing through France. And, and you know, he was like, as his big takeaway was like the real touristy stuff was like, it's cool, yeah. but it's like not the fun part. You know, when you get down in some of those like weird off beaten path towns in France and you just sit at a cafe right. and just get lost. Oh, you got to see. Okay. Dominican, I've got to remind you, uh, we'll see if it's there still. I doubt it is, but there's a place called the Alamo, which okay. is like a little mini mall. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's the name of it. I'll have to look it up um, for you and see if the place is still there. But they have like, it's where all the yachts park themselves. Mm -hmm. And so um, obviously you get like your Pradas and Louis Vuittons and all that stuff right when you get off the yachts. Um, but there was this guy who owned this tiny little hole in the wall. Um, I would call it a wine and charcuterie place, but there's another name for it. I forget what it's called. Um, and it wasn't much bigger than this room. And he had like a, you know, like a, a true pig, like stabbed through the mouth, um, like for his pork. Uh, and this dude had like, he was like one of the best storytellers. He'd been all over the world and he moved his family from Portugal or Spain to the Dominican to start this business. The whole family was there. They were the ones like waiting on us. Um, and like his story was just incredible. And it was like the best food and wine you've ever had. So we had dinner reservations at this fancy place overlooking the, uh, the water, like the, the breezeway where the yachts came in and they had like authentic dancing and all this stuff. And so we just did appetizers at this place and we were like having so much fun. The food was so good. Prices were great. Like everything was, we were like, this is awesome. So we're like walking out and I'm like, dude, we should just stay like this place is, is so like authentic and unique. Like, I feel like we're going to yeah. go to this touristy place that was like the top trip advisor, five out of five stars. Mm -hmm. And we went and of course dinner was horrible. Um, you know, like the show was not good. It took forever. We're all like ready to go, but it's like four hour meal. Um, and so we tried to go back to the circuitry place <laughs> and it was closed. And yeah. so it was like, um, and it was the last day we were there. 
And so we were like, oh my gosh, I wish we would have found this place like day two. We just lived here every night for appetizers and then gone out. So I'll have to look it up and see if it's, it's still there. Um, Cause it's cool. I'm pretty sure it's called the Alamo. It's the Alamo or the armory, but, um, but it's a, just a cool walking like outdoor mall. It's all built up like an old armory. So it's all built up like these gigantic red brick, what like stone walls. It's very cool. Yeah. yeah Punta Cana is a cool place. Um, but that's like the only, that place was non-existent on any Google right. maps or TripAdvisor. The only way you get there is like, we had two hours to kill before our reservation. Like we were just totally just walking yeah. around. And then, about. yeah, we got in trouble a bunch of different times. We had guys pull AKs on us when we were in Punta Cana because we were like the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, we were where we weren't supposed to be this like high security area. So, um, but that's, that's my big thing. I always rent a car and I yeah. was just like, I just try to drive around and get lost, like learn the islands. Um, all right. Wow. We are two for two. I, there's something about the people I'm asking to bring on the podcast. I'm just choosing the one best TV show of all time. Hit us with it. Seinfeld. Duh. Uh, it's just so let's, this is great. We're going to get, we're going to say that too. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mill said Seinfeld too. I go, man, we're going to get either. We're going to get some dissenters and then we can have some, some arguments, but um, and what's funny is I could tell you all the people at Friendship that are Seinfeld people too. Oh yeah, for we sure. We are people. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jake is probably my favorite. Um, yeah. He's he's the most like offhanded with it. Yeah. And he'll just throw them out over time. Um, you know, Bobby, Matt, Sean. Um, Dash, I feel like he's yep. the lover of it. Yep. I think Andy like. Yeah, Andy is. Yep. Um, that's awesome. I love it. All right. Yeah. Um, that is it for our questions. Um. What was, what did you write your novels back here? <laughs> Were these all, uh, these are the other things we already talked about. Yeah. Those are just like my answers. I love it. All right. Give Gary a little shout out. Yeah. Give your, Gary, give your boy. You know, I am trying to get him to come more to friendship, but he's really helped me through this process and, um, has been there for me. And so, yeah. Yeah. Love Gary. Yeah. He's a good dude. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming on. Um, and honored. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I was going to say I have, we haven't done an in-person one. So hopefully this one, one pans out for a while. I haven't done one since like before COVID stuff. So, uh, thank you for coming here in person. I always enjoy that and, uh, we'll wrap it and hopefully everything goes well. And if we didn't actually hit record or something, then we'll have to redo it. Uh, hopefully not. I think the record button's on. Let's see. Yeah, we're recording. All right, perfect. And look, we're right on time. My goal is always like 60 to 70 minutes, so we're perfect. All right, thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right, see you guys.